What's up, baseball world? Welcome along to another edition of Jay's Talk with Jay. We are joined today by Rob and Luis from Blue Jay Centre, and we are also joined by David, who is a super fan by all accounts. He's also a friend of Rob's. Um, I'm quite surprised because I didn't think Rob had any friends. Guys, how are you all doing? Fine, I'm, I'm doing fine. great. I'm doing great. I, I, Jay, I heard that uh, Sheldon, he's currently late right now. He's at the local pub. And they're having a competition of who their favorite Jays host from England is. And you're in the final. So that's why you can make it. Uh, I've been signed you, you've been reading my Instagram stories. It's possible. It's nah, possible. It's possible. I'll put it out there. It's possible. <laughs> Sheldon was meant to be with us, but he's um, he's gone missing again. It's not the first time he's done it. The last time he fell asleep. Um, so we'll see. Maybe he'll turn up. Maybe he won't. But we'll, we'll go. Guys, when we spoke, Luis, I think when we spoke last... The Jays weren't doing very good. And Rob, last week, we just off the bit of a thrashing from the Yankees. Things have changed slightly in the last few days. Yeah, no doubt. Obviously, last four games, you played against some very inferior competition, although it looked like we were going to lose that series with the Orioles, down three runs in the bottom of the ninth. It seemed as though, at least you were hoping, that that ferocious rally in that second game in that Baltimore series would kind of set the tone for maybe a season-changing inning. And right now, that's we're trending that way. What, it's three wins in a row since that moment, and then you have a four-game series against Baltimore. They're in, a, they're in prime position to go on a real run right now, especially uh, with the trade deadline looming in a few weeks. Yeah, I agree. Uh, like Rob said, I think they got a little lucky with that Bo Bichette hit on, uh, what was it, Saturday, with the two strikes in the ninth. And, uh, you know, their play uh, last night wasn't the greatest either. You know, Romano threw it in the dirt. Uh, Bizio missed first base. But again, you know, wins a win, and that's all you can ask for. So, and again, they have Baltimore coming up, and hopefully they can take three out of four from them. But uh, yeah, just keep it up, and you know, and then Seattle's next, and then some other weak teams. So I hope you just continue to keep it up and play baseball. Yes. Uh, when we last talked about the the Jays, they were just about to start a new series against the Red Sox, as you remember, Jay, and. Uh... Uh, it's it's amazing for me to see the Boston Red Sox, the Red Sox so so top uh, above us in the division and remember that we just were like a few plays away to to sweep a four game series but also at the end it went on to be a, a split series right a two game series uh, two 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 wins for each team so it's this this J season has been uh, kind of crazy but at the end. Uh, the, the only thing that I'm so uh, uh, happy about is that we have a very talented team in Toronto and uh, th- this this team all this team is so talented that it, w- it it's almost impossible to to this team to to fall out in the standing so they they will find a, a way and I'm pretty sure that they will compete for a, for the at least for a wild card spot they will be they will be in the in that tied race uh, until the end of the season. I think when, I, whenever you win, well, sorry, Jay, I just wanted to say, but when you win four games in a row against teams that you probably should beat, there's, there's kind of no win-win. You know what I mean? It's You're supposed to beat these teams, and if you don't, it's kind of the end of the world. But I just wanted to ask you guys, throw it out to anyone, what's kind of been the most impressive thing about this four-game series? Like, or pardon me, four-game win streak? Because, like I said, you're playing weaker opponents. There's something there. So what, what did you guys find most impressive about this uh, little upswing that we're going through lately? I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll start off and I'll tell you why. Because something that was quite interesting wasn't all about home runs, wasn't all about power. 
And I think that if we can start to manufacture runs when we're not hitting the ball 400, 500 feet, then then I think we've got a good chance of beating anyone because there's been an over-reliance on the home run for a while now. Um, So I think that manufacturing runs, not relying on the long ball, for me, is a big plus. For sure, for sure. And I, I just about uh, thinking of the question that Rob uh, said uh, just a few seconds ago, I will say pitching. Pitching for me, pitching for me has been the, the pleasant surprise in these last four games. Uh, with the starting pitching, just continue to, to, to put very good uh, starts every day. And also, the, I, I, I just have, uh, have this feeling that our bullpen right now, it's, it's like... They just put away the the, the these tough uh, uh, losses, these tough games that last almost two weeks, and this looks like right now that like this is in the past for them, and they are trying to to start a new streak. And for me, that's be the key because we as uh, in the last four games, uh, uh, I think the last three, our offense has been really really slow. They they just. Uh, have some few runs for for the pitching, but I, I I will say that pitching has been the the real difference in the last four games, and this is important because this was uh, our weak our weak point in the last few weeks. Yeah, I agree with Luis. Um, I thought the bullpen was really good the last few days, especially Chatwood. You know, he's been turning it around lately, and also uh, Romano. He's been nails all season long, so. Just uh, having him back there in the bullpen has been great. And also, yeah, the offense hasn't been great, you know, in Miami. They only scored like 3-1, 2-1. What was the score in those games? But 2-1, 3-1, yeah. Yeah, so, I, you know, like, timely hitting was good. And, you know, in the ninth inning, Guriel got that double. Teoscar got that double. And then, uh, you know, the defense wasn't great, but timely pitching and good hitting and, you know, somewhat solid defense. And, you know, that's going to win you some more games than not, so. That's what I think. I'm going to also give them a little bit of a pass, too, because as bad of a team as Miami is, and trust me, they're not a good team. They're a team that last year they kind of took full advantage of the level of excellence being lowered because of the COVID season and the expanded playoffs. But I think the fact that they were able to go up against some good pitching, because don't forget, Miami, look at, look at their pitching. It's been pretty much dynamite all season long. It's more so the offense that's really – crater their opportunity to really win this season. Both games were a pitching duel, really, weren't exactly. they? Let's face it. Yeah. And and it's not to say that, you know, maybe the Jays can't hit, but I, th- I thought Alcantara looked really good on, uh, was it the Tuesday game? He threw 98 with that killer changeup. And then obviously Trevor Rogers, uh, kind of one of the few bright spots on that team. They were both very good. And the fact that you were able to win those games, especially the game yesterday, because uh, – after that first inning, they really didn't get a whole lot going offensively. So to come out of the gate strong, win, and then pretty much salt it away with your pitching, I think I'm going to give them a little bit more of a pass because they didn't score a lot last couple of games. But now in this four-game series, when you're facing the Orioles, who you know by all accounts are a marginal big league pitching staff, uh, I think uh, you got to bring the bats out. This is a type of series where you're going to win by hitting a lot of home runs, a lot of base hits, and uh, that's what I'm looking for in this uh, weekend against Baltimore. Quick, quick, quick question: What the hell was up with the first base umpire yesterday? Oh my god! Like, like seriously, I wouldn't mind if they're close calls. 
But the ones that he got wrong that were overturned, it was three, wasn't it? That, like, three that I can remember. They weren't even close. And also, and the foul ball too. That was that shouldn't yeah. have been a, that should have been a foul ball. Yeah. Like, like this guy gets paid. <laughs> like, I don't um, want to talk. I don't want to talk too much about the umpires because it always annoys me. But they, they have to do something sooner rather than later because it is becoming a bit of a joke now. I think too. It's like you, when you remember Vic Carapaza when he just essentially screwed the Jays over time after time after time. It was it was more so. I think him like I had a personal vendetta with the Jays. I think you know whoever Joe Bud playing first base umpire yesterday. I just think he was a terrible umpire. Period. Like he just got calls wrong left and right for both teams. I don't really make much of it. I just think it's just it's just had a rough night. Umpire. In any other, if if I was at work or you were in your job and you made that many mistakes in one day, you'd get sacked. That's all I'm saying. I don't want to go any. I don't want to go too much further on it, but that's you can't get away with it. It's in front of millions of people watching on TV. It's in front of twelve fans in the stadium. Like you just can't. You, you can't do that. Like for me, it's a no go. Two things. George Springer is back, finally. Um. I wasn't expecting miracles. I think I said to Sheldon that in his first game back, he'll go 0 for 4. Really? I also, I also said that Marcus Simeon would go 0 for 4 as well. Um, just put in, just put, Something said, because all the debate has been on whether Springer should lead off or whether Marcus should lead off. It, I just thought it'd be funny because neither of them would get a hit and they've both been pretty rubbish <laughs> for, for two games. But now that Springer's back, like I, I want to concentrate on the pluses rather than the minuses. Let's forget that we only scored two runs when he scored three runs. I think that's irrelevant. When you look at that lineup, even with Springer hitting fifth now, is that not the lineup we've been crying out for all season? Yeah, I would think that we are almost there. This is the this this lineup look, it's like the most powerful lineup that we can expect right now uh, with our roster. And yeah, uh, and I think at this moment, the Jays uh, win the most with George Springer in the mental part of the game. Right now, George, as we all know, George, a winner. George has been, George, George has not produced uh, in any way in the offensive part of the game. And even in the, the defense part, he has been like, uh, he, he hasn't been required a lot. But in the mental part of the game, that what that was one of the areas where we were uh, just struggling as bad as we can. Uh, that's where George makes the most impact right now for this team, and to have him in the lineup, to have him in the field, just makes uh, life easier for all the young guys just to go out and play. So that's that's if you think about that, that's great because. Just imagine, imagine when George start putting his the, the the offense numbers that we all know that he can put in there in just add that offense to our lineup and this will be crazy. This will be crazy. So for me, it's great to have him back, and I'm not worried about his slow start. I think that will be gone in a few days, maybe weeks, and and that's it. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, it's going to take him a while to come back. He's been, he was out like two months and then he was out before that, came back for two games and then he's been out two months again. So I think it's going to take him a while to get back. But uh, 
and and deal for four. It's kind of expected, just like I said, he's been out for so long. But uh, ideally, I want to see him hit higher in the lineup. Maybe hit him two and fifth. I don't know. That's just me. I think he's a higher on base guy, and Bo. Bo's a he's a, he gets decent on base, but uh, I think you go Semyon, Springer, Vladdy, the Oscar, and then Bo. But that's just me. Yeah, I would agree. I think ideally he's probably hitting higher up in the order simply just because of the fact that you mentioned, Dave, that he can get on. And uh, he's he's one of the few guys in this lineup where I think well, – I mean, they have a ton of mashers. There's no doubt about that. We know that. But I think a lot of the guys, even you know the Teoscar Hernandez, the Bo Bichette, a lot of the guys are prone to chase. And I think you want your guys who can have an eye at the plate to get on early in the game, especially setting the table up for the Vladdies of the world and – Oscar right behind him. I think that's your ideal lineup. But I do agree that right now, coming off the injury, hitting the ground running, you do want him hitting kind of in the middle of the order up just until he gets his groove going because you know he will. It's right now the the only the whole problem with Springer was can he actually come into the lineup and produce because we all know that the track record's there. He's been a really good big league hitter for more than half a decade at this point. So you're not really concerned about him not figuring it out. You're more so concerned about him actually playing. And right now that he's playing, he's out there. That's all you could really ask for. And the fact that he's run hard after all these ground balls, also really encouraging to see. I do feel like when Charlie said after his post game, was it on Sunday that ideally he'd like to have um, Springer hitting fifth or sixth in the lineup that kind of set the table because, you know, I think it would be a really bad look for Springer to after that your manager pretty much, publicly exposes what strategy he'd like in terms of lineup to go completely a 180 and say, no, I'm hitting leadoff. You paid me 150 million, take it or leave it. So I think he was more so forced into that spot rather than accepting it. I think he does want to hit leadoff. That's where he's hit his whole career. So I would expect that sooner rather than later, he'd be back in that leadoff spot and then we'll move Simeon down a spot and maybe move Bichette lower in the order. I don't think any of them things will happen. I'll be honest. I uh, Want to bet on it? Uh, you're going to come here and give me the money in person? Um, he transfers always available. Uh, here's my take. I think that credit has to be given to Charlie for this because it would have been very easy to put Springer at leadoff. And if it goes wrong, it's on Springer. It's not on Charlie. It'd be like everyone wanted him to hit leadoff. Everyone was saying we spent $150 million on him. So I think that Charlie actually takes the pressure off himself and he takes the pressure off George as well by putting him fifth. Like you've got four guys up there already that have the ability to get on base or hit it out of the park to score before he even comes in. And there's not a lot of teams that have got that luxury at the moment. Um, but I think that George will lead off. I think it will be Simeon that ends up hitting lower. Um, I just, I, I just... I don't think you. I don't think they break up the whole Bo Vladdy Teoscar. I think that they they all hit. In, I think when one of them plays well, they kind of all seem to feed off each other, and I think that that stays. And and again, because we don't, because we're not in there, it's difficult for us to say. But judging by what we've seen on camera and the way that everyone's speaking, I think Springer's a team player. I think he's I think he's connected well with the team already, bearing in mind he hasn't played much. And I think he's probably had conversations with the guys and, and he's probably thought, you know what? Why upset the Apple cart at the moment? Especially at things it would have been different 
if we were on the back of losing a series to the Yankees and it were, we were talking about these losses, I think it may have been different if it had come then. But because it's come now and we'd got a bit of a winning streak going, we'd hit some, we'd we'd hit a lot of home runs, we'd we'd scored some decent scores. I think it, it kind of all made sense for him to just not play the game, but actually just go, you know what? We're winning now. Let's see how I do. You can back me ninth. Let's see how I do. And then we'll talk about this in a week, two weeks. So I think that's, I think that's where it is with the Springer thing. I don't, I think Simeon's the one that gets moved down because I think he's the more versatile one that it won't affect too much because when he was moved down originally, he actually started hitting. No, I, I, that's, that's valid. Yeah. He has had experience hitting in the lower in the order, but you're saying that you're more of the mindset that you'd rather have, I guess, continuity in terms of Bichette, Vladdy, Teoscar hitting two, three, four than the strategic element. Because strategically, you want your best hitters hitting higher if in the order. If you bring up that folder, I swear to God, I'm ending this now. Uh, no, um, here's, my, here's, my, here's my take. It's not, it's not about continuity or anything. I would say... That this is the first time we've won four games in a row. Yeah. We're at the end of June. So if it what all I would say is it's like let's let's see what happens. We could lose tonight. I'll be very annoyed if we do. Yeah. Especially against uh, especially after seeing who we're pitch uh, who's pitching against us. So I would be we I would be in in the mind frame of let's see what happens. And let's assess it after the Baltimore series. He's okay. bound to Springer's bound to get a hit at some point over the next four days. Let's see how he does. Look, I don't care if he goes until the end of next week and doesn't get a hit at all. I'm with Luis. I think the fact that he's in that team and he's making a contribution somehow. He hasn't hit, had a hit, but he got an RBI yeah, yesterday. That RBI makes a big difference when you're. It's a one. It's, it's a it's a one nothing game becomes a two nothing game. And I think that they're the things that we're looking at. And, and, and Luis hit on the head. Ment- mentally, for some of these kids, this guy is a winner. He knows how to win games. I think that could be the difference between us making the wild card and not. I'll be honest, I think it's a, I think it's a bigger factor than a lot of people have put in on at the moment. Yeah, I think uh, the macro view is that this, this lineup should be good. Ideally, it should be good when they're fully healthy. And I, I don't think it really... I, I think it does matter. I think lineup construction is important, but when you have so many good hitters, you know, this, you can only blame the order so many times. This, whatever order they have, whether it's Springer hitting fifth, whether it's Simeon, Bo moving up or down the lap, they, they should hit. That's, that's kind of the main point that we're trying to stress across here. So, yeah, I'm fine with letting it, uh, letting it play out for sure. Yeah, and I, I, I will also add that uh, it will depend on how they, how they just continue to perform on the coming weeks because – you can't forget that uh, Marcus Simeon in May had his best month of his career. So it was a crazy month for him. So why would you like to move Marcus Simeon from, from the leadoff spot if he's coming from his best month of his career? So let him play there. And also, I, I agree with that part because I think that 2, 3, and 4, for me, they are very clear. I will not move anything there unless some of these guys get hurt. And has to be forced, forced into the injury. Told you. See, Luis, if Luis is saying it, it's got to be true. 
and uh, and uh, George, I think George will find his groove in the fifth spot, and then on you you can adjust if it's necessary to do it. Maybe maybe George can spend the rest of the season in the fifth spot, and he can find the, uh, a, a good spot in there for our lineup. So that will depend on how the guys just continue to to perform, and that will be just uh, I think a CC to move as as just as they as they are going on through the season, but. Two, three, and four for me are almost untouchable. No, no, no. I was just gonna say, like they have like uh, bigger issues than you know Springer hitting fifth or second or leadoff. So I think right now they should just put him in fifth. You know, start getting him hitting a bit, and then like Louis said, just uh, evaluate the situation as as it progresses along. I think that's I think that's the key, isn't it? Well, because let's face it, he's been out for so long. It might take him four weeks to get going, right? I don't think this is a conversation. I think this is a conversation for way after the All Star break to see where we are, what's going on. I think then we'll know more. I think that's that's exactly it. You said we have bigger issues. I'm going to say the bullpen, and the only reason I'm going to say the bullpen, something that concerned me, two days, yesterday, day before, three pitchers, same three pitchers. If we are in a two or three run game coming into the seventh tonight, what happens? Um, an Anthony Castro or Patrick Murphy? Does that appetize anyone? No, yeah. didn't think so, right? And that's and and I think that that's the problem. I was I was watching the highlights just before we came on, just so that I could kind of make sure I knew what I was talking about. And it and I think. The issue is the issue is going to be if that happens tonight, because he's not going to let he's not going to let Chatwood pitch again, he's not going to let Mazes pitch again, and he's certainly not going to let Romano pitch again. Like I'm surprised he Romano did two days on back to back, so because that hasn't really happened much. So what what's the answer? Um, before you say we have to get something before the trade deadline. What's the answer internally? Because not, it looks like I thought that they were going to pull the trigger early. Doesn't look like that. So it means they're going to leave it to the last minute. So what happens for the next two weeks? Eventually, these guys, the other guys, are not mentioned right now in the bullpen. Eventually, they they will need to pitch, and they will need to be there, and they will need to prove the team and the manager that they can do also the job. Uh, I think that for me, Castro and Murphy are two guys that can be. Uh, can be good for the seventh inning if you have a two or three or maybe a one run one run lead one run lead they can go and do the job i think right now the bullpen uh, does not have that pressure that they had a few days ago and these guys will will need to step up and as they as they did it at the beginning of the season and and that's it this is how baseball works as you said you cannot depend on just three guys and for do the job and the other guys like <laughs> keep them sitting just watching the game. Yeah, it's pretty much how it is. You you just got to piece it together. You know, the Jacob Barnes. Hopefully, you catch lightning in a bottle with him. That's obviously the hope. Um, then you have <laughs> another another <laughs> like, project, I, another project. <laughs> well, that, that's that's kind of what they're stuck with at this point. I think today is really the the tough day because let's face it, Anthony K on a good day, he's probably giving you four and two thirds. You know, that's. So that's kind of his ceiling though. It's been lately so far in his big league career. So yeah, they're going to need to piece this bullpen together. And that's why you got to score a lot of runs 
not just what two runs in the first inning and then you know kind of cruise control the rest of the game. Last time they faced, well, what what's his name? Kramer. I can't even remember his first name. That's just how far uh, off the map Devin? he is. But sorry, Austin or Devin? Something like that. I don't even I don't even know. Anyway, they better score. They better score a ton of runs off him because, like you said, this bullpen when it's at pretty much at full strength, this version of full strength, not all that reliable, especially with pretty much your three best relievers, arguably that are remaining gone, it, it's going to be tough to envision how exactly they're going to piece this together. But uh, right now, <laughs> you kind of look at it. I, I'm Patrick Murphy, Castro, and Barnes. Those are the three guys that... And that's assuming Kay can get, that's assuming Kay can get past the third or fourth inning, right? Right, right, exactly. And I know that everyone says it's Baltimore. Well, you know, Baltimore, they're... I, they beat us 7-1. They beat us 7-1. Yeah, they're still a big league team. I'm, I'm, I mean, Jacob Barnes, I mean, he's not far off from their caliber of hitter as he is a caliber of pitcher. So uh, I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's kind of worrying me right now. If it's in a late game uh, tonight, who are we going with? I agree. I think tonight, you know, it's kind of magnified because Anthony K is on the mound. You know, he only, like Rob P said, he only goes four and two thirds. So that means the bullpen's going to have to pitch a lot of innings tonight. And what and are you doing? Are you bringing Trent Thornton in? Really? Probably. Probably, yeah. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna, I was gonna mention Trent Thornton or uh, Taylor Saucedo. Maybe you can give him another chance, and uh, and Barnes too. Just maybe catch lightning in the bottle with him, because these are the guys you have, and you know someone's has to pitch. So I guess you just gotta roll the dice with these guys and see how it goes. David, I'm gonna give you the floor for a minute because obviously it's the first time you've come on. Um, just tell us, like, what, like, what's your, what's your. Uh, fascination with the Jays obviously I'm guessing you're from Toronto so it kind of makes sense but what's what's the thing that makes you a Blue Jays fan well uh I, I became a fan in like 2010 and that's when Jose Bautista hit 54 home runs and then they got Edwin Encarnacion and then I was watching and then they made that dicky trade and everybody was kind of hyped for no reason and then 2015, you know, like I watched them all throughout those years. I watched as many games as I could. And then they got to Lewitsky and David Price. And then that kind of hyped me up. And then they went on that 40 and 19 run or whatever it was. And then they made it all the way to the ALCS. And just from there, I, I just fell in love with them. And, you know, 2016 was a great year as well. And even 2017, 2018, 2019, you know, I still stuck with them. I still watched almost every game. And yeah, I just I just love baseball. I don't know, it's my favorite sport. So so just so just a quick question: Do you do you follow the stuff that the Blue Jay Center boys do on Instagram? Do you kind of like see the posts and the stories and things like yeah. Fan Take Friday? So you watch the stuff. So I've got a question for you: Who is your favorite contributor on Blue Jay Center? <laughs> oh. Oh, is this uh You can choose a- anyone you want. Everyone <laughs> that comes on the show gets asked the question. If you haven't heard of Blue Jay Center, you don't get invited back. It's pretty simple. No, I've heard of, <laughs> I, I've been following Blue Jay Center since like the first day it was uh So it should be an easy answer. It should be an easy answer for you. Like you can take the time. We've got about four minutes left, so it's all good. No, I you're you're all good guys. Uh Luis is a good guy, Rob 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 is a good guy, uh Steve is a good guy. Uh, I can't remember any. Uh, it's great, isn't it? Watching people sweat when you ask that question, <laughs> like because like, like first of all, you don't have to answer. Nobody has answered. Luis nearly answered. Um, 
but I stopped him. Um, but yeah, it's it, it, it just I just love watching people's faces. They get put on the spot, and you see that question. And it's like, oh shit, I have to answer <laughs> this, and I'm going to offend somebody regardless of what I say. Um, but yeah, obviously, I'm, I know that Rob knows you. You know Rob, and that's how you've ended up here. But it's always good to get somebody else's take on on the Jay stuff because. Yeah, I listen to these guys all the time, and I love I, I I love their input. I don't always agree with it, but I understand where they're coming from. Apart from Rob and his folder, I just I can't get my head around that. It's it's a game played by human beings. Go out there and play. Sometimes feeling overdoes statistics and analytics. Jay, um, uh, stats are empirical reality, my friend. Empirical the, reality. The only stats that I'm interested in at the moment are the ones that have the name Vladimir Guerrero Jr. next to it. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Especially you open his fan graph chart. It's uh, every morning. You got to look at that and just, yes, we got our guy. That's our guy. He's not going anywhere. You were talking last night. You were talking with um, uh, James and I can't remember who else was on. Mo. Mo, yeah, James Mo. and Mo. Well, Mo was sitting there watching a game on the TV while you and James were talking. But you, you were talking, <laughs> you, you were talking about Vladdy um, and and getting him signed up. Like, realistically, will that happen this year? Like, do we think that, uh, that will happen this year? I mean, I hope so. But right now, it's it's looking like if I'm his agent, like I said on the live yesterday, I, I'm walking into that office in Shapiro and Atkins office, and I'm not leaving until I get a deal equivalent or more to what Tatis got. Because right now, the season that he's having, he's it's looking like a real miss by the front office that they haven't extended him and bet on him earlier. Because as it looks right now, he's on the trajectory to be the greatest hitter in the history of this franchise, and it's not even particularly close if this season is any indication. So... Uh, it's it's looking like uh, if they're gonna have him retained, which you know they absolutely should. Like there's there's no answer to this team moving forward if they don't have Vladimir Guerrero Jr. on term. And it's looking like if it's gonna happen, it's going to be on you know more of a Tatis Acuna, or pardon me, a Tatis contract than an Acuna Albies contract, which it's unfortunate because now you have a lot less flexibility to move forward and. You know, it's it's unfortunate for the team, but good for Vladdy. He absolutely deserves it with the season that he's having. And I've always been on the Vladdy train, man. I thought that this guy is legit from the moment he came up. And I, I thought you got to lock him up as soon as possible. And now it looks like uh, they may have uh, oversold the waiting game a bit. Is his value literally going up every week they leave it by not talking? Mm -hmm. Are they talking another million every week? And it's literally going up like a counter. Brother, it seems that his value at this point, it's hard for it to go up any further. I mean, he's got an 1,100 OPS and worth 300 plate appearances. It's ridiculous. Like, it's just the season that he's having, it's unquantifiable how great he's been. So I, I, it's hard to imagine his value going any higher than it already is. Um, so David's disappeared. So we're going to continue talking, Vladdy, um, because Luis has some very, very interesting, and he's going to give us stats that none of us know. Luis, take it away. Oh, man, well... It's 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 just uh, tough to have. Uh, I don't know with this. With I, what I was telling you is that always in sports, the most spectacular thing about sports is to see the offense. In every sport, the the offense always sells tickets. 
sales jerseys and uh, that's the most uh, crazy thing for fans to look at the offense part of the game and and this guy just provides offense in a crazy fashion in a crazy way the way he hits the ball it's just spectacular to see him play and seems so far that he will he will end this season putting numbers that maybe we have never seen in the history of baseball so It's it's just crazy, you know. I think I believe that all the baseball world it's just about uh, uh, waiting to see if this guy can keep this trend or even putting better numbers uh, until the the end of the season. And uh, I will also add that uh, there maybe can be something that can stop Blatty a little bit. And I will say it will be the 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 precautionary moves that other managers do against him, right? Because Right now, I've seen a few games where I, I believe that the pitching other well away, team, they're pitching well away from him, yeah, aren't they already? That, yeah, I, I've seen like at least I remember three or four games when the other team had the chance to walk him and or just uh, throw throw around the sun to him, and they decided to pitch him, and they and he he finally ended up uh, punishing the other team. So right now. I will think that the 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 league will understand that at some points you you should not pitch to this guy right now so it will be funny and it will be interesting to see how the other teams manage this part because uh, for sure at the end on the final weeks of the season and also considering the Jays can go into the postseason it will be uh, interesting to see how the other teams manage and uh, how they decide to pitch around Blady Yeah, it's funny you should say that because I'd be interested to see what the stats would be when Vladdy comes to the plate with bases loaded because I don't think I can think of a time where he's struck out or got out when the bases have been loaded. Um, so that would be definitely an interesting stat to look at. He just like, there's something I watch him play and I'm just... I'm like, what's this guy going to do next? I'm, I, I'm convinced he's going to be the first person to hit a five-run home run. Like that's how, like that, like that's how good he is at the moment. I bet I was muted there, Jay. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> I said I was, I was saying, and then all of a sudden, notification popped up. Yeah, you're muted. I was saying you're almost surprised when he doesn't get on base. You know, yeah. he comes to the plate, he sees a good at bat. It's like. He got out like, oh, what, what's going on? Two two times in a row, he gets out. He starts 0 for 2, and you're like, well, what's wrong with Vladdy? Because he's just set the level of excellence so ridiculously high that anytime he doesn't – like a 1 for 3 game with a double and a walk is a great game for anyone. And for Vladdy, it's like, oh, well, he was all right. Nah, nothing too special. Keeps him at around 340 average. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, what's the big deal about that? Yeah, it's it's ridiculous, man. It's And this plate discipline, I think, is what has – elevated him because we saw early on his his career that he's always been a guy who's very good at putting back the ball not a whole lot of strikeouts even even when he you know his first full underwhelming quote-unquote underwhelming seasons he's always been a guy who was able to put the ball in play and it was just a matter of time before he finally started hitting them in the air a lot more stopped chopping into the ground and this year we've seen that the plate discipline was always there it was just the hard contact and right now the hard contact is just through the roof man I, I, I'm excited to see where where he finishes up at the end of the season, because if he if he's going to carry on like the tear he's doing at the moment, 
I I think we're going to see something special this year. But I don't want to I don't want to talk too much because we could we could spend the whole night talking about Vladdy and how good he is. Want to move forward to the series coming up? Oh look, he's back. I'm back. Sorry, that was confusing. <laughs> there we go. Good. You haven't missed much. We've just still been talking about Vladdy, but we're gonna we're gonna move we're gonna move on because you're about to say he's just amazing. We love him. We all want to marry him. Like that's that's how good he is. Yeah. Massive massive series coming up. Baltimore. We've talked about how bad they are. I actually don't think that they're as bad as their results probably say. Uh, they're they're pretty bad, G. They that we've seen we've seen worse teams, right? We have seen worse teams. We've we've possibly played against worse teams. Like at least Baltimore, that they've got a little bit of fight about them. Like I think that that's it doesn't win you games, but I don't think I don't think that they're the worst team we will see this year. Uh, I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll say that. Like it's there's okay there's a bad teams like Miami's a bad team but at least you know there's there's a form of I, I want to say competence about them you know they pitch well they field well they're just not all that talented that lineup is just not talented it's Jazz Chisholm who's a nice looking prospect and then a bunch of four A players but Baltimore it seems like you know the, you look at them there's just nothing attractive about that team like their their pitching staff they have Matt Harvey in 2021 depending on him to throw multiple innings out of the rotation like we've gotten to this point so he's quite uh, good though he's quite good in his start though for the first few innings he started good and then uh, once uh you know the fifth inning came around uh, his arm that's uh, carried a lot of mileage over the years started to not not have the bullets coming out necessarily as hot but yeah no i i think uh i haven't watched a whole lot of them obviously this season because the jays haven't played them and you know why would i watch an orioles game but I'm not sure there's really anything too appetizing about that team. But I think Trey Mancini's all right. He's a great story. But, and obviously, Cedric Mullins has kind of, he looks like the face of their franchise. But other than that, I'm not sure that there's a whole lot else there. Do we think, just do we think quickly, someone else can answer this other than Rob, because it's turning into Rob's talk with Rob. Um, <laughs> uh, just do we think that, what happened in the last series with Alec Manoa and uh, him intentionally not throwing at, um, at somebody. Do we think that there's going to be a little bit of friction in this series? And do, do we, do we think that that could cause us a problem? Because I don't think anyone on the Jays team were very happy with what happened. Um, and they're certainly not happy with the outcome, apart from Charlie, because he got a one-game back suspension and think, I'll take that. Um, it's like, dude, like, really? Um, but again, another story. So like, do we think there's going to be friction? And also, are we at a point now in the season where nothing but at least a three, you talked about it on Blue Jay Centre last night, nothing but a 3-1 win or a sweep is going to be good enough for this Jays team to continue the momentum going forward. Yeah, I, I think you know, it's always kind of random when, you know, you think about retaliation from Baltimore or the Blue Jays. So obviously, like to me personally, it wasn't intentional, but to Michael Franco, it was. So whatever the Orioles think and however they want to, you know, kind of progress with that situation. And it's kind of random in that sort of a sense, but... Uh, Who are they throwing at? Yeah. 
If they throw it, if they throw it, Vladdy, Vladdy, I hate to think what's going to happen. Oh yeah, if they throw if they throw Vladdy, all, all hell breaks loose. But uh, like I and and with the series, you know, two two would be a disappointment. So I think three one or four zero is how you get on top because you know two two you be two games over five hundred again. Three one, you know, real, realistically four zero is is hard. You know, Baltimore like Ralphie mentioned, uh, they're still a major league team. They have some hitters, I guess. And yeah, so 3-1, I think we can do that. You know, Anthony Kay on the mound, he's, uh, he's, he's, yeah, he's, he is what he is. But, you know, we have Ryu going and then uh, who else do we have in the series? Uh, it's Manoa, isn't it, supposedly? Manoa and Stripling. Yeah. Manoa and Stripling. So yeah, that, that could be good. You know, Stripling's been good and uh, Manoa's been all right. So uh, hopefully... Uh, yeah, like three out of four, I think, is, is a realistic possibility. And I think that would be a, a good good outcome. Yeah, for sure. You you can you cannot let uh, this kind of series go away. And uh, a split uh, with the Baltimore Orioles right now will be a very bad result for the Jays. They got at least take three or four. And uh, hopefully they, they sweep this series because... Uh, that's what this team right now needs going into July for for before the trade deadline and all that. So, and uh, I think that always uh, divisional games uh, can sometimes be kind of risky for these kind of situations. And coming from this 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 Manoa thing the last week, maybe maybe it could be a maybe it could be a risky point to consider, but. Right now, I think that Baltimore—it's uh, uh, just in another in another kind of season—and the Jays are just trying to recover ground, all the ground they lost in the standing. So, let's hope this can be a good play series. And I'll say, even though Baltimore—it's been a bad team—I will say it has to be more with his pitching. I I really I I I really don't see a that too bad offense. I see like four or five guys in their lineup that for me are decent hitters. Uh, Cedric Mullins, uh, Trey Mancini, uh, even Freddie Galvis. Freddie Galvis, it's a yeah. decent, uh, it's a decent uh, player for, it's a guy who knows how to put the ball in play and get his hits. And uh, they have all, the, uh, this guy Santander, I think it's a good hitter. Their, their catcher, even though he's not been good this season, Pedro Severino, it's another for me decent hitter. So I think the problem with Baltimore this season and the previous season also is that their pitching is so, so bad that it's it's tough for for that team to 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 stay in the games. But going into Buffalo and playing in a park where the 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 ball can fly away anytime and uh, you gotta be careful with that because sometimes uh the the Baltimore, uh, if, if your starting pitcher could not uh, give you some innings to put the game into a good position, these kind of games can be, uh, in, in some ways, can be complicated. So, but, but yeah, you gotta, you gotta win the series because now the Jays are waiting again for the shuttle to, to start playing against the teams above them to, to show again that they can beat the good teams because. In the past four or five series against the teams above us, we all failed. We failed in all of that series. So we just need to beat the teams that are under us 
for sure, and uh, hoping to get momentum to, to go against the good teams and also show that the Jays can beat them. I was, do I was doing some maths earlier today, not often, but I was going through and I was ignoring who we were playing, but I actually looked at it and thought, if we don't go 7-3, and 7-3 and three over the next 20 games, we're more or less going to be out of it. We have to start. We have to start turning turning it around because I don't think I don't think four or five games over five hundred is going to be enough to get us in the wildcard spot. If we look at the other teams that are in there, I think that we're going to need to be. I think it's going to be between eight and ten over five hundred for us to have a realistic to us to have the realistic chance of being in the playoffs. So I think that. I think we really have to take this Baltimore. So who do we play after Baltimore? It's Seattle. 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 Yeah. In in Seattle. No, no, in no. Buffalo. Here, here. Okay. So yeah, and Seattle. Seattle just. I I think Seattle just uh, sweep the race, right? Yeah. Right. So yeah. That's that's so so the, those those are series that you you cannot be pretty sure that you're gonna sweep their record. Because... Their record's pretty it's similar to ours, right? Their record's pretty similar to ours. So I think that. We have to really go out and sweep Baltimore and then hope we can take the Seattle series 2 1. Yeah, no, I, th I think to me, um, I sort of set the number arbitrarily. If you're within four games, three to four games of the second wild card at the trade deadline, you're in decent shape, especially if reinforcements are on the way. So I'm kind of looking at that as my target goal for this team is that. Within three games of a second wild card at the trade deadline, I think they, they definitely have a shot, especially because I'm I'm expecting to make some moves at the deadline. I really am. I don't think it's just going to be patched up the holes. I think they could go out and really help get some guys that can not only help them for the rest of this season, but for years to come as well. Like Barrios is my favorite name, but uh, there's also plenty of other guys who can help as well. Been saying that for two months. Yeah, I've been saying it, man. I've been beating that drum. You watch the show. That's that, that's my guy, man. We won't get him. It will be some 40-year-old that hasn't played for like five years. Um, oh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm totally expecting the Van Eyck for Kyle Gibson deal to come. But I'm just saying, we can always dream, right? We can always dream that, you know, they can land Jose Barrios. That's, I told you, man, that's my target. That's my guy. They get Barrios, they got a shot. I, I will prefer even Scherzer over Barrios. Even Scherzer, because I, I know Scherzer is just for, for this season, because... It will be tough to to sign him maybe for the next season, but yeah. If you give me these two options between Scherzer and Berrios, I will take uh, for this season. I will take Scherzer for sure. But yeah, I think I like Berrios also. I think think that he's a very a very good pitcher. And considering that he will have, I believe, another year in his contract for the next yeah. season, maybe that will make him a little bit uh, a little bit more uh, uh, not cheaper. How you say? Expensive, <laughs> more expensive, more expensive for the Jays. So let's see, let's see how things go on. And uh, but but uh, I will say also that the the only thing right now that I'm not too much worried about uh, is that our, is our starting pitching. Really, I can say that. So I know I know that having another arm for that rotation will be great. That's that's for sure. But. Right now, at this moment, uh, I will say that starting pitching for me it's the, the the least worry I have for this team. But Luis, just to inter interject there, to me, my whole argument with the starting pitching is that I don't think it's necessarily all that feasible to expect Manoa to be 
a 100 inning guy right in his first year. You know, keep in mind before he came into you know the season with the Jays, he had pitched what 30 innings of professional baseball in his whole career. So that's a pretty big jump. I think to me, if you're going in the pennant race, you're gonna need a guy who's proven and has been dominant. That's to me, I see Manoa being the 2015 Aaron Sanchez, where you give him a shot as a starting pitcher, and then as he slowly moved towards the end of the year, kind of helps you more in terms of a bullpen role just to preserve his arm. But imagine if you imagine if he isn't it with his arm that he's got, he'd actually quite be quite lethal in the bullpen, I'd think. Yeah, absolutely. I think to me, the potential is so high where you know he's 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 a starter. You know, he's you're expecting to be a starter for years to come. But at least for this season, in terms of a sample, I think he'd absolutely be a guy who could help them and. Sanchez ended up being the setup man for that team and pitched a lot of big innings for them. I don't think he gave up a run the entire postseason, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, yeah, I think that, that that's kind of the framework of what I, I would hope he becomes this season for them. David, if we're, if we're going for a pitcher, who, who's, your, who's your call? Who would you like to see? Um, well, Ruppy brought up Kyle Gibson as like this like kind of like under the radar, you know, not, not, too big of a, not too big of a trade target. But, you know, I was looking at stats the other day and it was like a, under 2.50 ERA. So I don't know. I, I think he would be good, but again, Barrios is good too, but you know, what, what would be the price for him? He yeah. has another, he has another contract. So he has another year under his contract. So I think that it just really depends on what the Jays are willing to part with. And, and uh, me, I think, sorry, Dave, will you finish? Go ahead. Finish your no, yeah, yeah. no, I, I was just going to say, I think, yeah, just like I said, this team really values their prospects and um, just uh, just who they're willing to give up is, is kind of like how I see them playing it out. But Mark Chappell said, uh, I believe he said on the Fan 590 this morning that he, uh, he they're going to add to this team in a considerable way. So hopefully... Uh, hopefully I, they saw, I, saw that this mo- I saw that this morning. Um, I saw it earlier today, what he said this morning. Are you, are you getting the feeling that he's probably going to get a starter, someone for the bullpen, and a third baseman? I, I that's I kind of got the feeling by listening to what he said. Um, and no, I'm not saying how I managed to listen to what he said because I get told off for like illegally streaming stuff. But hey, I'm in the UK. What do you want from me? But. I get the I get the feeling that, and we've talked about this before about the front office actually pulling the trigger when need be. I've got a feeling that they're going to go all out. I think that they realise that they they're so close with this team. If they were to go and get a starter, Stripling moves to the moves to the pen, and then they get someone else to add to the bullpen as well, and they go for a third baseman. Depending on who the third baseman is, but I've got a feeling that we could end up with three big names. That's my yeah. take. That's my take. Uh, and also, too, you got to consider is that out of all the teams who have a loaded farm system, the Jays right now are kind of the only contender that's up there. So I think all these teams that are willing to sell off their assets at high value, they're really interested in what the Jays have to offer because that's kind of the one team that is going is also contending right now and also has a hell of a farm system. So, you know, if, if Yankees call up Minnesota and say, we want Berrios, Minnesota's going to say, okay, we'll put you on hold. We'll see what Shapiro has to offer. I think they control the market. I really do. So I wouldn't be at all surprised if they take that to their advantage and go out and make some moves. Now, I'm not saying, you know, completely empty the cupboard like we saw in 2015, but I think absolutely this team, I, I'll just say I, I'm, I'm, I'll be disappointed if they don't make some significant ads in the, at the deadline. 
I agree. I think uh, I I don't know how much Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins really believe how much this team can really contend. Because when you look at the teams in the wild card, you got like Houston, Baltimore, no, not Baltimore, Boston, uh, Tampa Bay. Do they really believe that this team can really compete with those teams in in a wild card game? I guess it's just one game, but you know, throughout the whole summer and through October, so. I'm, I'm under the impression that I don't know if they're going to totally empty the farm system for these guys. Like Rob said, not totally empty the farm system, but I do believe they'll, they'll add a few, a few pieces, but I just want to like call people off thinking that they're just going to like clear the system for a season that they're not ready, completely hundred percent ready to contend yet. That's what I think. This is why I'm so into the Barrios thing because he can not only is he going to help you this year, but he's going to be there next year too. He's going to be your number two starter next year because, as I said yesterday on the post game, Robbie Ray's going to get paid this offseason, guys. I don't think Jays fans are ready for the kind of contract he's going to get. I think it's going to be a lot fatter than we all maybe hope for. So you're going to need some a frontline starter for sure, whether it's right now or in the offseason. And why not right now? Yeah, I agree with that. Uh... Yeah, I, I, I think that the, the, I, I, I don't see the Jays uh, uh, clearing their, their farm system right now. They maybe they will give two or three of good prospects, but they have, they have a lot of options down there. And uh, I think that they will be just as aggressive as the team gets into the July post-trade uh, deadline. And uh, I think that, that, that will say how, how aggressive they can be. Because when I think at, at the American League right now, uh, even the top three teams in the American League, you want to put, the, I don't know, the, the Rays there, the Chicago White Sox, the Astros, and maybe the Ace. In, with any of these three or four teams, when we play them, I just had this feeling that the Jays were on their level or, or even, even better than them. But, but uh, there were different things at, at the end that just... Uh, uh, didn't let the Jays take the, those series in, in their yeah, favor. Houston Houston was the one that stood out the most because I just don't know how we didn't win that series. No, no I, I think Houston's a great... I think Houston's the second best team in the AL. That's my opinion. Yeah, but second, what he's saying is that we, were, we, could have, we could well have won that series. Yeah, but they were better though. They're, they're starting pitching is... They're young and they're controllable and that offense can really match. Uh, I don't necessarily agree. I think Houston's a, a bit of a tier above us. Yeah, 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 yeah. They are, they are right now. But everything can happen. We have four months left, and we are not that far away from them. Yeah, for I, I agree that they are b- better than the Jays right now. That's that's totally true. But but we are we are not that far away from them. And uh, in a season where you have uh, three and a half months left and too much things to happen. And if you can add uh, these one or two players to make your team better, you can turn things around. So that's that's why I, I think that the Jays they are not necessarily uh, in a hurry mode to to be that aggressive. They as because that's also not in the in the Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro style. I think that they are more like a kind of a calm calm uh, front office, but they are very clear with what they want, and and they will find a way to add. And maybe a big splash name, let's say Max Scherzer, and maybe 
two or three more uh, uh, average players, but those kind of players that can maybe have a key role uh, for the last part of the season. So let's. I think that all will depend on how the Jays handle the next month uh, between today and the next uh, 30 days to see how they, they go on to the last part of July. Look what they did last year, though, with the players that they brought with the players that they brought in. Bearing in mind it was a short season, they were relatively big moves. Uh, Stripling, Vilar, and um, who else they get? Tyron Walker. Walker, right? Yeah. So I th- no, I I think it's going to be more than that this year. Yeah, no, and that, but must, that's my point. In in a season that was a short season, you were only getting them for a month, two months, whatever it was. They had no problem doing it. They had no problem making the call, and that's and that's why I'm I'm more leaning to that, that they will. If we if we had lost the, the previous two series, and we were well below 500, our conversation today would be much different. But yeah. like we started off the conversation today, they're on a four game they're on a four game stretch. It's it it it's. I like the way we've won as well. That's that's been the best thing about it. I like the way we've won them games, and they're all for different reasons. Go like I say, going into this series, and then Seattle afterwards. I think I think it's big. I think it will. I'm not saying that we will win the next seven games. But if we did, if we did win the next seven games, look, it's not unheard of that you can go on an 11-game winning run. So they win them games, pushes us up there, makes us, it makes us a better, a, a more attractive outfit, doesn't it? And I, I just think that we, we're close. And I wouldn't be surprised if they did that. I guess we'll, I guess we'll find out soon, though. Yeah, I agree. I think when you have MVP Vladdy, when you have who knows if Marcus Simeon's going to be back next year, who knows if Robbie Ray's going to be back this year, who knows how many more prime years Genjin Ryu has. It looks like the core of this team. Yeah, this this team's going to be good for a long time, but you have a chance to make some noise this season right now. And if you're, you know, five, six, seven games over 500 at the deadline, then a chance to make the playoffs, absolutely. I think they should absolutely do what it takes to make a team that can win right now. No, no doubt about it. I'm not holding back. Right. Going to start trying to wrap this up because the game starts in about an hour and I have stuff yeah. to do. So quick predictions. Both series. We'll do, we'll, we'll do Baltimore first. I think we're, we're all agreed that we'll take the Baltimore series. So the question is, is what do you think? I'm going to go sweep. I'm going to lay it all out there. Sweep. We'll go. We'll start with Rob. Rob, what are you thinking? Keep it short. Five and two. Five and two. Okay. That's my take also. Five and two. Three against Baltimore and two against the Mariners. Yeah. Okay. I'll say just to one up them, I'll say six and one. Just to. <laughs> just to so who we, who, we, who we sweeping there, Dave? Who we sweeping? Uh, six and one. For the uh, six and one, you gotta take three of Baltimore and three and sweep the yeah. Be, be with Baltimore and then sweep Seattle. Sweep Seattle. I'm, yeah, I'm going on a limb, but you know, David, I like your style. You can come back again, my friend. <laughs> Thank, um, you. Uh, Thank you. Thank um, you. Yeah. Um, 
I, th- I think so. I think it's going. I think it's going to be re- there. Are, it's. Uh, I want to say it's unlikely we'll win all seven, um, but let's hope we do, huh? Um, yeah, of course. Let's hope, let's hope. Let's hope we do. I think. I think that like Springer's back in the lineup. We have we have three bullpen pitchers that are going to have to pitch every single day now, um, and the starters are doing their thing. I'll be interested to see how Anthony K does tonight, um, yeah. and if he. Cu- Let's say he does go five innings, great. But if he can't go more than three innings, I'll be interested to see how Charlie manages the bullpen because he's technically only got half a bullpen, right? Three no, I'm got. very interested. I'm so very interested to see. That's that's going to be the key for what happens tonight. I think the rest of the series will take care of itself. Um, and let's see if the bats can uh, the bats can light light up a few because um, they've been a little bit quiet. Nothing. To, I don't think it's anything to worry about. But it'll be nice to see some runs and give K. Look, if we can score five, six, seven runs in the first four innings, then K can go. If he gives up three or four runs, who cares? As long as we're leading, right? Um, but that's it, guys. Um, massive, massive pleasure for everyone that's come on today. Rob, Luis, I no doubt will hear and see you on Blue Jay Center at some point. David, many thanks for coming on today. I know it was yeah, very short. No, yeah, it was very short notice, but whenever you want to come back on, you are more than welcome to. Um, we'll get all the details over to you and stuff for where you can find it, guys. Yeah. Don't forget as well as always, uh, hit us up on YouTube, like, subscribe. Um, hit the guys up over on Blue Jay Center as well. Make sure you follow their content. Um, what there to oh, tomorrow, Fan Take Friday tomorrow. Make sure you get involved in that as always. Um, Spotify, Apple Music, everywhere else you can see your podcast. And I'll catch you again soon for another edition of Jay's Talk with Jay. Boom. We're done. <laughs>